Welcome to Pretty Pitches. I'm Paige Feichert. And I'm Aaliyah Williams. And today is our very first solo episode. We don't have a guest today. I tried very hard, but I'm sure as many of you will understand, holidays, travel, work travel, it's all of the things going on right now. So it was difficult to get a guest this week. So I decided we'll do a little research on something that's intriguing to me and i'll share that with my co-host Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. do you want to hear about that yeah I, there's something you want to tell the audience isn't there yes but we do have a people i guess things we have a special we have two special guests yes the cats <laughs> the cats so this is what you get tonight this is our night um well, before we jump into the hard hitters, um, I first just wanted to talk about spelling words. Aaliyah, do we like spelling words? No! <laughs> I don't know what it is about spelling words. Give me any homework. Give me anything. You want my daughter to make a diorama? Cool. I'll buy all the supplies. I'll help her make it. You want her to make a poster with all these pictures that I have to print at Walgreens? Cool. It's no problem. Math? Let's do it. Science experiments, I'm here for it. But spelling words? I get bored a lot. It's not It's not boredom. It is straight up combative. <laughs> Don't understand what that means. It's tears. It is not a good time. So if anyone can relate, please hit me up. Let me know what you do. What's the solution? I'm, I'm desperate for a solution because every time I try to teach this kid how to spell a word... She loses it, and it's not a good time. And, I mean, let's be honest. Who doesn't use autocorrect anymore, right? Spelling can't be the most vital thing for my daughter to learn, but, hey, that's just my opinion. You still got to learn it, though. Yeah, I guess so. All right, well, all right, well, do you want to get into the, to what I have to tell you today? Yes. Okay, well, don't be bouncing around a lot, okay? I'm not trying. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're comfy and cozy at home today recording. So, okay. So I was kind of trying to think. So I'm not a huge fan of solo episodes. There's some podcasts that do a great job. At it, I'm not going to lie. But a lot of those are better like storytelling type of podcasts. And so, you know, it's a little bit different. I don't really have a story to tell you guys today. Um, but I was kind of trying to figure out something to do and I wanted it to be kind of fact based. So I actually luckily just scrolled past an article from USA Today, which for the record, when I used to work in news, USA Today was one of my favorite sources. I don't know if it's widely used, but the way that they present material is honestly so amazing. Their graphics and like any visuals, the way they display, even the way that they would display like baseball stats and stuff in their paper. I just used to love it so much. So it's one of my favorite sources. They did a whole Title Nine, I don't know, I guess like campaign maybe um, this summer for the 50 years. It may still be continuing, but they released this article in August. Um, but they it was only to like subscription p 
people that had subscriptions for them. So the episode, or I'm sorry, the article is titled Five Charts Show Athletic Scholarships Bias Towards Football and Against Women. And I'm going to link this in the show notes because it's just so good. Honestly, I tried to kind of like summarize it in this um, Word document so I can bring you some of the basic facts. But I got a little carried away and I'm like reading almost the whole entire thing. So I'm going to I'm going to try to break it down a little bit to you and share that with you, Aaliyah. OK, so okay. do you know much about scholarships for college? What that is? Mm, not too much. It's basically it's basically when the, the college pays for your education and in return you play your sport. So, like, if you played basketball at Wichita State, then you probably got a scholarship that will pay for your school and your education, so you don't have to pay for any of that. Unlike me, who has gone to school for a very, very long time and don't play any sports, I pay for my own education. Or, yes. or there's, like, there's academic scholarships and stuff like that, too. But for the most part, athletes get money to go to school. Okay? Okay. Cool. You got it? Yep. <laughs> All right. You can hear the annoyance in her voice. So anyways, this article basically breaks down how the NCAA and NCAA universities allocate their scholarships. And according to the NCAA rules, the number of scholarships awarded to each team is capped. And they basically break them down between uh, based on whether sport is considered a headcount sport or an equivalency sport. I had never heard of this before. Like even playing soccer growing up in in junior college, I had never heard of headcount or equivalency sport. So here we go. In NCAA Division One, headcount sports, um, like for an FBS school or a um, that would be like a school that has a football bowl subdivision. Um, then headcount sports at those schools are FBS football, men's and women's basketball, women's volleyball, women's tennis, and women's gymnastics. So each athlete participating in one of these headcount sports can receive up to a full ride scholarship, but they don't have to, but they can receive up to a full ride scholarship. That means everything is paid for. Everything's taken care of. Um, all other sports are considered equivalency sports, and for these sports, the number of full-ride equivalencies is capped depending on what the team is. So in the article, they gave um, an example of women's soccer. Um, women's soccer in FBS University is capped at 14 um, for full-ride equivalencies, meaning that 14 women's soccer players can be awarded full rides, or that money can be split amongst all the athletes on the team. So, quick distinction there. Think KU, right? KU would be a school that falls into this category here. So, all this to say that athletes participating in headcount sports are typically awarded full-ride scholarships or nothing at all, and athletes participating in equivalency sports tend to receive partial aid. So, that kind of makes sense. So, but the crazy thing is, and if you just think about it, like football teams have a ton of athletes on the team and like 99.99% are men. We have seen a couple of women um, participate in football, but not 
really, right? <laughs> so it's mostly men. So that's something important. And it kind of sounds crazy because when I was first reading this and I was looking at the headcount, it's like, okay, well, that's like two men's sports that we name and then four women's sports. But think about the number of athletes on either a basketball team or a tennis team or volleyball team. I mean, it's significantly less when you're comparing it to a football team that has, I don't know, 75, 80, up to 100 athletes or something like that. It's crazy. So anyways, um, hold on. Okay. So anyways, um, for football... For football bowl subdivision schools or FBS schools, the NCAA caps the number of headcount scholarships for men at 98. And for women, the headcount scholarships are capped at 47. And some schools that don't have gymnastics, which is considered a headcount sport, which I don't really know like what that percentage is. But schools that don't have gymnastics, the headcount scholarships for women are capped at 35. So, okay, just let that sink in for a second. So 98, almost 100 for men and at best 47 for women. So we're talking less than half of the scholarships for headcount sports are for women. Like you're doubling, more than doubling the number of women's scholarships for men. So I don't know. That to me was kind of shocking. I don't really know. You know, I don't really know like what the answer is there clearly football has a ton of players but they don't play like all those 100 players on the roster whatever that number is i mean they don't play all of them all the time and i guess i understand you know programs have to build and whatnot but like i don't know it just seems like that is just so stark the difference between the women's scholarships and the men it's almost like okay like could we get some more headcount sports can we give like women's soccer teams more scholarships and furthermore i would also like to point out that this is not just um you know a negative thing towards women obviously this comment that i just made this stat that i just gave is kind of showing the difference between men and women but this is also kind of like a huge hit to male athletes that play like non-headcount sports you know so we're talking like men's soccer or lacrosse was mentioned a lot um men's tennis golf things like that you know like it's significantly reducing the number of scholarships they can get as well so i don't know i just find that to be pretty uh, pretty crazy honestly like 47 to 98 it's not even a comparison 35 to 98 it's that's just not fair at all. I mean, it's not even like close to being fair is what I'm saying, right? Like at least give us three quarters of the same amount of scholarships or like even it out like a little bit in there, like 98 to 47, 98 to 35. That's that's crazy. That's just not even comparable in my opinion. But, you know, that's what that's what the USA Today article um, mentions. So also according to the article, the NCAA limits um, allow for full scholarships for nearly every athlete on a 100-person FBS football team roster, while women's teams and less popular men's sports pay the price 
Rowing teams with 80 or more athletes are capped at only 20 scholarships, and women's track and field teams with upwards of 50 or 60 athletes are capped at 18 scholarships. So these, like, equivalency sports are getting significantly less love, significantly less scholarships, and those coaches, I'm not sure if the if it's all on the coaches or if the athletic departments also have a say on this, but those coaches, that leadership, that administration, they have to decide how to, like, provide these scholarships. So, I mean, if you have 20 scholarships for 80 athletes, you can either give 24 right scholarships or you can give, you know, 40 half scholarships, you know, partial scholarships. I guess there's ways that you can also have, you know, receive aid, like, academic scholarships or other types of grants and other aid but I don't know to me it's crazy because I've always just been under the impression that if you play college athletes for like an NCAA sanctioned sport that you get a scholarship you don't have to worry about paying anything you know really and the athletes I knew when I was doing my undergrad were mostly I mean I I wrote for the school paper so I got to like meet a bunch of different types of athletes but you know at Wichita State it's a bit different we don't have football so I'd imagine I haven't personally looked into it and maybe this is something I should add to my to-do list because it would be it would be insightful to kind of see how my local university the university that I represent and go to all the time on a regular basis and even taught at it'd be nice to know like how their scholarships are allocated Um, But I would imagine they wouldn't have that issue as much. We don't have football at Wichita State. So you're talking like the big men's sport at Wichita State is men's basketball. So that's one of the headcount sports here. And maybe they have like a different way of kind of deciphering that there since we don't have um, since we don't have football. I would assume, you know, you would need roughly the same amount of scholarships for men's and women's basketball women's volleyball probably has around the same amount baseball probably has more than softball so you can maybe even out a little bit there women's and men's track and cross country probably even out a bit tennis golf we have both of those for men and women so you know there's probably it's probably a bit more even out but it is something that'd be interested in looking into schools that are not fbs schools I can imagine from an athletic director perspective or an athletic department perspective, that being a difficult, um, you know, problem to navigate. But at the same time, I I can only give you so much benefit of the doubt here because there's so many women athletes that deserve also to have that, that scholarship money and that aid. And also just deserve for them to be, like, seen. You know what I mean? And, like, taken seriously. And the fact that we have to have this conversation that literally less than half of the headcount scholarships for FBS universities go to women is just so shocking, you know? So I just think that there's room for improvement. So aside from those numbers, um, let's see. They did this, – this was interesting to me because I – guess that I thought with the uh, Title IX stuff, I guess that I thought that truly kind of the definition there was that, you know, 
the number of scholarships for men equals number of scholarships for women, like one for one or some similar, you know, scale. Um, But it was relatively even or at least that was the goal of Title IX, I suppose. That's what I've always thought it to be. But technically, the rules for the scholarship distribution through Title IX state that the scholarship dollars allocated towards male and female athletes must fall within 1% of their representation in the athletic department. So that means if you have like 45% women, then you have to allocate 44 to 46% of scholarship dollars towards women. So... Okay, that kind of makes more sense. That makes a little bit more sense in like as a scaling factor type of situation. Um, but according to USA Today, yo, this, oh, I don't know. I think this was wild to me because, because it's so like blatant and in your face. And the fact that USA Today found it. Now, again, I will rave. I will rave on USA Today, one of my favorite um <laughs> publications i will say but and they're great their reporters are great they're like great source but like for them to be able to just like find this information and like for me to not see anything being done by the ncaa to like correct this or at least come up with some remedies for the universities to be able to solve this problem is wild okay so let me just tell you what i'm talking about according to this article on usa today of the 107 fbs public universities analyzed only 32 comply with that requirement with that title nine requirement of allocating the almost the same percentage of representation for female athletes in terms of scholarship dollars like that is crazy crazy i i cannot imagine so yeah it's just that is that is honestly so wild to me that whew, only 32 of the 107 FBS public universities analyzed actually follow through with that requirement. That's crazy. And so on USA Today, their research found that 49 of the 107 universities underfunded women athletes with the largest shortfall coming from the University of New Mexico. Y'all, where female athletes receive 70 cents in scholarship money for every dollar that their male counterparts receive. Okay, does that sound familiar to anybody? Like, when when I say things like that, it's like, okay, again, I can give you, I can give you a little bit of benefit of the doubt here. I understand, you know, paying for the education of a football team, it's a lot. It's a lot. You have to have a lot of players. People get hurt easily. It's a very, you know, dangerous sport. It's a sport that requires a lot of athletes. You have like special teams and, you know, offense, defense, all of the things. You also want to build a program. So you want to be able to, you know, give scholarships to like freshmen that might not get very much playing time and like build them into the program. I understand. I understand. I understand this is a unique situation that's difficult. But when we're talking about like, you're literally giving women 70 cents to the dollar. This just takes me back to like all of the arguments we have as women in this society that we live in. And it's just so disheartening that you can bring things up like that and it's just dismissed. You know, it's just like, well, that's just how it is. Well, what do you what what do you want us to do about it? Like we got football players we have to pay. Well, okay, but there are so many talented athletes that are out there women athletes i have seen some first of all 
commend the internet, right? Because the internet has so many different pages and sources like chock full of highlights from women's um, games, women athletes, women sports, like just incredible. Okay. I see this day in and day out. I see this day in and day out. Like, and, and you see like male athletes supporting women athletes more and more and more and more and more. It's like, I'm sorry, but it, it's not stopping anytime soon. So like, why don't we try to fix this problem? Again, like I can only give you so much benefit of the doubt. Football's been around since forever. It's been a college sport since forever. So since the beginning of Title IX, we've had this issue. So why is it taking 50 years for something to still not be done (laughs) for us to be, you know, calling it out right now? I don't know. I think that that is it's disheartening. And you don't have any like really female sport that needs that many scholarships so is the solution adding more women's sports adding more athletes being able to give more scholarships to those equivalency sports can we move women's soccer to be a headcount sport you know or some of those other women's sports rowing I never knew rowing teams had so many athletes on them like is that something that we can you know give more scholarships to like 20 for 80 athletes that's that seems a bit extreme right when we're literally giving a scholarship to every guy on the football team so I don't know so that's where I'm at I will say I will say that in this article they have a they have a table I'm gonna pull it up they have a table and or I don't know chart again the title of this is like five charts that show how athletic scholarships are biased towards football so (laughs) they have a lot of charts but they have a chart on here that basically breaks down schools where men uh, receive, like this is all FBS schools, where male athletes receive more athletic scholarship money than women. And if you hover over the bars on this little bar graph, it shows you how much um, like the difference between the male and female athletes receive on average. And so again, like so New Mexico is at the tippy top and it's over $7,000 that men the, the difference between the average athletic scholarship for men and women at the University of New Mexico is over $7,000. So let that sink in, okay? That's like, for me right now in my PhD, that's more, that's like, that's like three semesters. <laughs> like, that's that's quite a bit, okay? Um, but I will say I'm happy to report for my, you know, home state KU is on the top end of that chart where men receive more athletic scholarship money than women, but they're towards the bottom of it and they are grayed out, which means that they are a school within the Title IX's required one percentage point range. So they're at least like following the rules and their their scholarships about a thousand dollars more for men on average than women. And then K-State, shout out K-State. Ema, you know, all the things. Um, K-State actually is a school where women receive more athletic scholarship money than men. They do fall within that Title IX requirement, and the female athletes on average only receive $215 more than men. Um, but So I would say they've got something going for them because they're kind of like right there, kind of almost on the nose, like where they need to be. So I will say I am proud of the representation from my home state, it is refreshing to know that 
KU and K-State do show that love and try to give that fairness. Especially, I mean, K-State is historically an amazing football school, you know? I mean, they've always been a big football school. And I think, like, everybody I know that went to K-State is a big K-State football fan, you know? Like, it's uh, growing up, that's all I ever really heard about. And KU has had a really good season this year. They've struggled in the past, and they've had a really good season this year. So just to point out that, like, especially K-State, because they're, like, right there, right on the nose almost. Like, for them to be able to, you know pay their female athletes scholarships that are very comparable to their male athletes knowing that they have a very good historic program in the football realm they you know that that to me says that it can be done so what's up what's up new mexico and all these other schools you know what i'm saying like what's up like a lot of these schools do have it figured out so that kind of pokes holes in my whole, you know, benefit of the doubt situation because if it can be done, then it can be done. And why is it not being done? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. So that's that. That was basically the whole USA Today article. There's like great graphics. I'll try to share them um, online. And I'll definitely link this article, like I said, in the show notes. So please give it a read when you have time. But all this to say, I kind of started going down a rabbit hole. And there's a couple of things... Well, first I found a little stat to kind of complement this. But then I kind of started thinking about something that I've had a lot of interest in in the last couple of years. And I do want to do something bigger and deeper on this. I'd really like to get somebody to talk about it. So you don't have to just like, you know, listen to me talk for 30 minutes or whatever. But um, let me get to that. So so I kind of started going down this rabbit hole. I found a Forbes article that was kind of also kind of talking about the same thing with the scholarship money and this came out in 2019 so and I thought this was just like an interesting little stat to share it the the article says that the ratio of female high school soccer players to available college scholarships is 40 to 1 and it's even worse for men at 68 to 1 and they um discussed lacrosse as well lacrosse I think for women was like 48 to 1 and it was way worse for men I think like I don't know, somewhere in the 70s or 80s to one. So it's pretty, I don't know, I found that to be pretty crazy. And the article says that these types of ratios are true for the majority of other sports. So I I thought that to be pretty interesting, that the opportunities don't really exist um, in a, you know, I guess in a fair like ratio to the number of athletes playing in the high school level which reflects kind of the youth level so I don't know I think I I think that like providing these opportunities is huge from like an athletic perspective especially like okay let's talk about women's soccer I mean we it's growing so much and it's now it's actually like a tangible goal to play professionals women's soccer I just interviewed Katie McClure like a couple weeks ago and it's like she is just from here I played at a school that I played against in high school and she's you know, was a professional soccer player, you know, in the NWSL. It's like an attainable goal now. I mean, I'm not saying everyone's going to make it. It's going to be just like any other professional sport, but it's actually something that we can work towards. Um, So I just don't understand why that's not reflected. And it's, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting stat. So 
so all of that to bring me to the the next point that I really wanted to talk about that this is this is something I'm truly really interested in so I don't know that this is a solution but this is something that may be a parallel issue that could I don't know result in some changes that would affect something like this so it's basically the decline of women in sports leadership um well decline or like lack of i should say women uh women in sports leadership and i'm talking like coaches all the way to athletic directors um people in the athletic departments like assistant um athletic directors and things like that it's pretty stark and it's funny because i was looking around the local area to find some athletic directors and the majority are men both high school and college. I will say shout out Newman University has a women a woman athletic director and I really like to get her on the show. So hey, if you're listening, please hit me up. But um you know, and there's and there's some great women leaders um at Wichita State as well and uh, and presumably friends. I really haven't looked into their leadership much, but I I do know that it's it's very very stark the difference between men and women in athletic director positions so i found a 2020 report from the women's sports foundation and according to that report this is wild women only account for 11 percent of ncaa division one athletic directors 11 percent okay 18 percent for division two and 31 percent for division three so <laughs> yo at best like less than a third um, of Division three schools and 11% of Division one schools. It's just so crazy. That's crazy. So, um, and so again, that's for athletic directors. And again, I don't want to say that that's the only solution to a problem like this or problems that women athletes face in general. I don't want to say that that's the total solution. Wichita State recently hired a new athletic director, um, Kevin Saul is his name, and he has made several public comments related to supporting women's sports, particularly softball. Um, and softball had an incredible season last year. They've they've had a couple of incredible seasons. They're going to be amazing this year. Shout out WSU softball. Woo -woo. But, you know, I just want to say, like, I don't think that that's the only answer. I don't think that male leadership is the end all be all problem but i will say that having female leadership and representation could provide a more focused effort towards gender equality um in athletic departments and you know athletic programs in universities across the country i don't know y'all let me know what you think the other stat according to the same report that was crazy to me was the decline in the number of female head coaches in college women's sports. So, so the stat says that, um, that women accounted for about 90% of head coaches for women's sports in 1971, and that's just before Title IX passed. And now it's, well, in 2017, it was down to 43%. And overall, less than a quarter of head coaches in college sports are women, and only 5% of coaches for men's teams are women. So that's saying that over half of the coaches for women's team are men, and 95% of the coaches for men's team are, teams are men. So 
I don't know. Like the th- the the thing I take the problem I take with that is not only the scholarship issue. Again, I don't know how in depth like do coaches make those decisions or coaches probably make the decisions when, you know, you have to decide whether you're going to like give full rides or or split up the money and stuff like that. And of course, they're making the recruiting decisions, but I don't know you know, like how like the the allocation of those scholarships like that's kind of an ncaa thing and probably more of a leadership type of role like from the athletic departments so i don't know that coaches directly relate to that piece of it but i will say that having coaches like having female coaches would be so like we'd see probably now again not all women are going to be good to other women i'm definitely not going to pretend that that's a fact but we would probably see a little bit more like a little bit less um abuse towards women athletes not okay y'all tell me what you think y'all tell me what you think that's 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 one thought i have now again i'm not gonna say it's going to be an end to that i've heard of women coaches being also not great but i will say that in general it could be something that helps in general it could allow for people to give you know a voice to these athletes that you know have something in common with their coaches and again i don't want to diss like male coaches i've had male coaches my whole life really (laughs) now that i think about it i don't even i don't even know if i had a female coach but um i you know i had some great coaches don't get me wrong but it's just I don't know. It would be nice to see women representing women. It would be nice to be led by a woman. It would be nice beyond the fact of like sport itself. It would be nice to have that as an example of somebody who's leading, you know, in leadership as a woman. You know, that gives us those examples, those people to look up to, those people to come to when we are faced with issues in the workplace because we're women or issues in the workplace because of the way society raises women to be you know and how did you overcome that to get to where you're at i do think that that provides like a unique voice for female athletes and women just in general fans um students at those schools like it is something that we can all aspire to be leaders in general leaders in the workforce leaders in business leaders on the soccer field softball field football field you know there's no like restrictions leaders in athletic departments leaders in university leadership in general you know professors and all the way up to deans and presidents of the united states (laughs) let's just go all out okay but truly it does provide someone for us to have you know a, a good I don't know, a good role model and somebody that we can trust. Um, and it's just going to give a different perspective for female athletes. That's my two cents. I don't know. You tell me what you think. I do think maybe having more female representation, both in the athletic departments, at the athletic director position, um, coaches, all the way to the support staff, all of that. You know, I think that that could provide us just... Maybe maybe just a special consideration that isn't always given to women's sports. Just maybe something that might be overlooked from time to time. 
I don't know. Just a thought. But I'm definitely working on trying to get somebody to talk about that. I just wanted to share with you guys that information that I've found. I found this article interesting, supporting information interesting. I hope you guys found it interesting as well. We will be back next week with an actual interview, somebody that you're not going to just have to listen to me talk for 30 minutes about. Um, And I have a couple lined up. Bear with me. It's the holidays. So, you know, getting things organized and scheduled, you know, it's a bit tricky. But I'm definitely here for it. I'm here for the long run. You guys stay tuned. Let me know if there's anyone you want to hear from. Hit me up on Instagram. I'm most most um, active on Instagram, but I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And you can even shoot me an email. You can find that in the show notes. Um, so until next week, thank you for listening. Bye.